Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Eric Ruby. Hello and welcome into Cardinals Corner. Tyler Drake, Arizona Sports Cardinals reporter, alongside myself, Eric Ruby from 98.7 FM. Tyler, it finally happened. It took almost a year. It's what people have been waiting for, clamoring for, tweeting for, watching for. Taylor Swift finally drops Midnight. I mean, starting off with Lavender Haze, transitioning into Maroon. I mean, this is what the people have been wanting, right, Tyler? Yeah, yeah, I think you uh, said it perfectly. Yeah, I think what we can end the podcast right now. Like I said, Cardinals Corner. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot. Uh, in the middle of the Taylor Swift album teaser, there actually was a Thursday night football game, and the Cardinals just so happened to win their first game at home in nearly an entire calendar year. The Cardinals take down the Saints 42-34. to How about that for some points on Prime? Tyler Drake, Eric Ruby, Cardinals Corner here after every Cardinals game. Tyler... Technically, the game was yesterday. It's past midnight. This is just what we do. But your boots on the ground. You're coming to us from the stadium. They're live reporting. Biggest takeaway from the Cardinals' first win at home in 25 years? 30 years, maybe? How long has it been now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think we all kind of had that feeling that if a win was going to happen, it was going to be from DeAndre with DeAndre Hopkins back in the fold. And, and that's exactly... You know what we saw. I think he made that offense, uh, you know, a lot better. He he made he made that defense, you know, really honest when it came down to guarding him. And I mean, they're even lining up uh, man coverage on him. And what it's just that was so stupid, wild man. And and he did. Ex- and and that was the thing. And and I said this in the last pod. If they don't target him at least ten times, that's an L on everybody's part on the offense. And what did they do? They targeted him fourteen times. That's ten receptions exactly on that fourteen. Ten receptions, yep, 103. 103 yards. Yep. Not the only, bad. The only thing, you know, the only thing, I mean, he was just helped, was held out of the end zone. And I thought it was interesting because he talked to us this week and, and talked about how a lot of people thought he didn't perform to the level he usually performed at last season when he was healthy because he didn't have a 100-yard game, even though he had eight touchdowns and still had the team in touchdowns last year. So I thought that was funny, but then he comes out and gets, gets 100 yards and not a touchdown. So, uh, yeah, huge game from him, but I think an even bigger game from the defense. Again, the defense is just Man. coming out and playing out of its mind. I cannot believe, you know, that I, I think everybody, if, if you're saying you knew this was going to happen with this defense, you were a complete liar. Absolute liar. Entering this, entering the offseason or entering this season, the defense was the weak link by far on this team. Like, no questions about it. Secondary was rough. Defensive line needed to stay healthy. Uh, middle linebackers, who knew how they were going to progress. And and every level is, is just coming alive right now. You've got Zach Allen really just coming on. You've got Zayvon Collins really just the the anchor of the middle of that defense now. You've got Isaiah Simmons looking like a number eight pick and looking like a star backer. I mean, the pick six he had today, that's that's one of his best plays of his career right there. Like, everyone just saw that. And then throw on top of that, you've just got, you've got Antonio Hamilton's pick. And you've got Marco Wilson getting his pick six, too. So it's just, it, it was an incredible day across the board. And it's exactly what they had to do against the Saints offense that, you know, they just couldn't give up the big play. And what they do right away? They gave it up. But instead of sitting back and, and letting the Saints come and roll all over them, they, they answered back and 
got the better of Andy Dalton. The red rifle looked like a squirt gun tonight. <laughs> it looks like a squirt gun every <laughs> night, man. That's not that's yeah. not really any different. And it's the fourth and it's the fourth fourth straight season they've beat Andy Dalton with four different oh. teams. So that's that's a Poor very Andy. random stat. Poor Andy. Look, I Tyler, I got a lot I need to say about this game. I'll start it off with a blanket statement before people might get angry at me. Or I don't know, maybe they'll be happy that I'm saying what I'm about to say. First of all, 3 and 4 is a lot better than 2 and 5. Oh yeah, I tweeted it. So, that. yeah, I, you know what? That I I knew somebody tweeted it. <laughs> of course it was you. That's the synergy there. Um but it, it not only does it look better, realistically, for your long-term playoff expectations, two and five, there's almost no coming back from that. Three and four is a lot more manageable. That being said, the Cardinals' two wins this season, two out of their three, have come off of, frankly, historic defensive performances and plays and moments from Isaiah Simmons in both games and of course in this game from Marco with his front flip pick and Antonio Hamilton for his first pick of the season and of course the Raiders game as well required a couple insane Kyler Murray plays this game offensively there were some good performances, but I don't know if I would consider any like outstanding, ridiculous performances. Kyler, 20 of 29, 204 yards, one touchdown. He beats the Call of Duty allegations. Good for him. DeAndre Hopkins, 10 receptions, 103 yards, no touchdown. But again, first, first action on the field in a very long time for DeAndre because it wasn't just the six-week PED suspension. But it was also the injury that really bothered him at the end of last season. And he hasn't basically been able to get into a rhythm since the Cardinals went on a run at the beginning of last season. So he's back. He's instantly an impactor on the field. That's no surprise. And then there's Eno Benjamin. 12 carries, 92 yards, one touchdown. That's all great. 42 points is great. But let's not let this slide. Let's not let all of this offensive performance slide. Because was it better, Tyler? Absolutely. But yeah. we're, we're two pick sixes consecutively away from them losing this game. Not to mention the Antonio Hamilton pick, while it wasn't a pick six, was crucial. And there was a point where New Orleans was handling the Cardinals. That's not yep. a good sign. No, no, especially when, you know, Michael Thomas isn't playing, Jarvis Landry's not playing. It's a short week for both people. The Saints are not a good football team. Let's not get that twisted. And, yeah, and that's the thing, and and Vance Joseph told us this this week, was that, you know, defense has the advantage on these short weeks. And, and yeah, like you said, you know, right at the gate, it was looking like, holy cow, the Saints team is going to do this with Andy Dalton, not even Taysom Hill, really. Like, he wasn't really a factor really until later in the game, I thought. But it was just one of those things of like, no way. But he just threw a 53-yard touchdown to a guy. That, <laughs> I literally I said that. that. First career, I think that was his first career catch. It was. Because I think he got his first career touchdown the game before off of a running play, and it was a 40-yard oh. something-plus play. And then he received a touchdown of over 40-plus yards for a touchdown, and he's like the first person to ever do that in back-to-back weeks. Uh, according to the Prime broadcast, which you you unfortunately didn't get to see the Cardinals' Prime broadcast because you were there. I had the, the absolute pleasure. Um, it wasn't that bad. I don't know why I'm being sarcastic. But anyway, look, the, the offense, it got better. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is better. He's the floor raiser we all knew him to be. But it wasn't like the Cardinals just came out here 
year and took over and absolutely dominated the Saints. And head coach Cliff Kingsbury even said they still haven't met their expectations yet for this season. Uh, I mean, to our standard, obviously, but I thought we started well again. Got to be able to finish in the red zone, but um, just some, some execution, some stuff that... Uh, we can't have happen burning timeouts, you know, ball on the ground, snaps, things of that nature. It's just got to get better. Okay, DeAndre Hopkins was good. Kyler Murray was fine. Eno Benjamin was good. Taking those three players out of it, where do you start on this offense? What went wrong? How do you fix it? Well, for me, I think the biggest thing is, and this is what I pinpointed to my story on ArizonaSports.com, is uh, really just – for me, it was when they came out for the third quarter, that looked like the offense we've seen the last couple of weeks, where it was just three and out, three and out. Then they figured something out finally. But those two three and outs, I think it was two minutes or something total for the drives. And it was just, it was like, all right, well, the de- all of the good the defense is doing right now is going to get washed away because they're going to get exhausted with how fast this team's getting off the field. And so I think that right there, I mean, if it's not the Saints, if, if you're playing, I mean, let's say anybody else that has a competent offense that actually has healthy players, like they're going to be able to capitalize that and be able to tie the game, take the lead. Like, it, I mean, it's, it's, that's the, those are the type of lulls that, are, that get this team in trouble because the defense can't play every single second of the game. <laughs> no, they can't. This offense and sometimes this offense comes out and is like a three and out in 30 seconds. And it's not like this defense is always forcing three and outs. They're kind of like a bend-don't-break defense. They, they give up good chunk plays at the start of most games. They'll, they'll let the other offense get, it, get into a groove, and then they'll come up with the big tipped play, or in this case, with this game, the multiple interceptions. I mean... They're not exactly a, hey, we're going to get on the field and then off the field as quick as possible. They're out there for some time. And like you said, if the offense is going three and out with the personnel that they have, which should not be expected. It's not like the defense should come off the field expecting to come back soon. Not with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz, like this Rondale Moore, Greg Dorch got some run. That's great. And also Cliff Kingsbury. And something that we need to talk about was during this week, one of the downsides of doing these post-game pods, Tyler, is that we miss a lot of good stuff during the week. Obviously, you report on it for Arizona Sports Dot com, which you can find on the Arizona Sports app. You can find it on Tyler's Twitter at T Drake for Sports. Again, this is Cardinals Corner here after every single Cardinals game, win or loss. I'm Eric Ruby. He's Tyler Drake, and he's about to tell you what he thought about Cliff Kingsbury saying he would be willing to give up play calling if it meant that it was for the betterment of the team, but that it wasn't going to happen this week, and it didn't really seem like it was going to happen anytime soon. I mean, <laughs> at that at, at the point where they're at, that's I, I think that's the next. What else can you do? I, I think yeah. every I think they've exhausted every other kind of. Let's try this. Let's try this. But at the same time, you know, when we talked to him uh, yesterday, he I, I believe he said that that has not been discussed. But he anybody. yeah, he said so. management, upper management, which everybody knows what that means. That's not been a discussion, but exactly. So I who would knows? Say if they if they would have came out and laid an absolute egg like they have in previous previous home games, 
maybe, maybe that switches up. But I think now, after that, unless, I mean, yeah. But it wasn't like he, now, he didn't just come out here and call the game of a lifetime. Kyler no, Murray no. threw one touchdown today. The defense won in this game. Him and Kyler got into it. On the sidelines. How many times, Tyler, how many times are they going to call timeout at whatever in goal? Yeah. Every yeah. every single game this season, it feels like. I mean, you were there. What? What happened yeah, with that? Uh, I mean, just the whole the whole incident. That was that was pretty that was pretty funny. It was just the we're, we're sitting in the press box and all of a sudden we see the clip of, you know, Kyler just telling Cliff to come on, like, calm down. Calm the bleep down. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they had to burn their last time out. They were, I think, on the two-yard line or something like that, like real close. And uh, basically, yeah, they had a little they had a little spat is what everybody has been calling it. And it I mean, even had to, Hopkins <laughs> had to get in the middle of it even. <laughs> Which it's it kind of feels so backward for a situation, right? You know, the quarterback telling the head coach to calm down. The star wide receiver who's got a big personality telling everybody, hey, now, can we just calm down? Can we just take a second and breathe? And, of course, post-game, you guys did your job. You asked Kyler, uh, what was that all about? Here's what he first said. He's real animated over there on the sidelines sometimes, so... um it's always, you know, it's never, it's never, you know, calm down. We're good. You know, we're going to make it right. Um, we ended up scoring, so that was good. But, uh, yeah, that's all I was saying. Just chill out. Is this a good or a bad thing? I mean, I thought it was, I mean, Cliff, Cliff spoke on it too and said that, you know, if you can have those two competitors and, and be able to have that dialogue and know that you guys want to win, that's a good thing, which, yeah. The Tom Brady method, baby. You want to have that drive to win. You want to make sure you're playing at your absolute best. You want to make sure the people around you are playing at their best, calling the best plays, you know, everything like that. Uh, and, and, yeah, I think, I think sometimes it can get overblown. I think this is just one of those instances where the cameras picked it up, and I think there's been multiple times where this has happened this season. Oh, yeah. Where I think they're just, I, they're just they're working through things, and this is how they're working through things. You can tell that they both want to win. I mean, Kyler, I mean, we talked when we talked to him this week, they asked him, uh, you know, if losing at home pisses him off. And he says losing pisses him off. So you can imagine how he feels probably. And, and especially when <laughs> things are going wrong, when they probably, you know, they have the momentum, they have the drive going, like everything's going right. And then they call that timeout. And it's like, what's going on? That's where these kind of instances break out. But after that, they scored. I mean, they scored a couple times. I mean, so. it did end up working out for them. I just... I'm not trying to be a cynic here because on a general athletic level, I understand the fiery conversations with your teammates. I mean, I joked about it, but from somebody like a Tom Brady to uh, sticking locally, the Suns, I mean, Chris Paul has been known to get into many verbal altercations of sorts with teammates. And you always hear that people who compete on the highest level, they can get into it and then they're fine and they're chill. And I'm not saying that that's not how it is between Cliff and Kyler. What I'm saying is that are we getting a peek into the reason why the Cardinals always seem to step on their own foot when they get any sort of momentum going? When they get into the red zone, they have to waste a timeout because their head coach is panicking against the Saints? 
and again, this is a this is a theme. This isn't a one week thing. This is a we've burned timeouts in the red zone all the time. This is a quarterback talking to his coach like this all the time. And if Cliff was an absolute mastermind calling these plays that were working all the time, and I'm not saying he didn't call some good plays today, but he also called some head scratchers. I wouldn't be as concerned about this. But if he's not going to give up play calling because his defense won him a game on a short week against a terrible football team, then he's never going to give up play calling. Dude, if he didn't win this game, do you know how bad things would be? Uh, yeah, that, they'd uh, be bad. That, they would. They the would be. Bad. The alternate universe would be is is probably in shambles right now. <laughs> he's like honestly, he he's lucky that his defense scored two touchdowns, and that's not even an indictment on Kingberry Kingsbury as it is on the defense that this this unit is winning them games that they're not supposed to really be winning. I mean the Saints. The Saints kind of played one of those games that you're like, okay, maybe they shouldn't have won, but then they did end up winning. And the Cardinals played that game on the other end. And these two pick sixes, again, within minutes of each other, basically decided this game. And I'm sorry, but Cliff Kingsbury, I guess as far as my knowledge goes, had very little to do with those things happening. That was very much an individual talent sort of thing and very much a Vance Joseph unit thing. Yeah, I mean, even Isaiah even talked about it uh, post game about how you know that he was doing exactly what his coaches were telling him to do, and and that's that's what happened, and like everything clicked for him. So yeah, it's it's one of those things where obviously I think Hopkins getting his feet wet, which is weird to even say, Hopkins getting his feet wet this week, that's going to help for sure. They get ten days off now. They can get Robbie Anderson, you know, fully engulfed, close to fully engulfed in the playbook. Get him more involved. I, you know, it's it's. There's potential for this offense, but yeah, it's it's not getting in your own way. And let me and before we get on to something else, like I've got to say, Keontae Ingram really impressed me today, just from how hard that dude he had was running the football. Some nasty cuts. Yeah, nasty cuts, man. He was he bruising, broke free, he was bruising back, and then he was a shifty pass catcher, man. Like he he really showed a lot of his ability, and I. You know, I know Cliff said, you know, James Conner is the starting running back on the team still. But <clears throat> Eno and Keontae, that duo is, they, there's something there. They there do run complementary to each other, but also similarly. Yeah. They, they run hard and they're big bodies. And honestly, they're both built to take a lot of hits more than somebody like James Conner is. Not that James Conner doesn't have the skill or maybe the mind advantage over these two players, but physically, which at the end of the day is unfortunately what you need mostly out of a running back. That's why when they get older, they age out of the league. They don't get paid or the fall off is so quick is because as great as your mind is, if you can't sustain that physical beating on a short week, you're probably not RB1. So. Let me ask a question that might be a little bit out there. Given durability, given their performances this season, if you had to choose between the duo of Eno Benjamin and Keontae Ingram or James Conner and Daryl Williams just for this season, just for this season, the next however many games, if they make it to the playoffs, including, would you rather give Let's say in a Chase Edmonds, James Conner-like scenario where you're splitting carries rather evenly. 
because nobody here can take the brunt of it all by themselves. Which group are you taking? I think, I mean, one of the biggest things in the the NFL is availability, right? Say it. I I just, I think at this point, I think Eno's showing everybody right now that he has the ability to be a number one back. And I also think Keontae Ingram is too bad. A number one back? Not a number one, but like he has the flashes. Okay, like he, those, yeah. Okay, he. Look, some of those I agree. today, man. He put people in the ground. Yeah, and then just kept going. I mean, he should have. He should have had. I, what he didn't have the one touchdown. Yeah, Keontae had the one touchdown, and Eno had the one but touchdown. He almost, and he almost had the other one, but it's, right, he didn't. Yeah, but yeah, he should have had two touchdowns. Like that's that's the amount of confidence that he's going to gain from a game like this. Holy cow. I was not skeptical when they kept five running backs, but more intrigued to see how they used them. Obviously, Ward injured, Connor injured, Williams injured. They didn't really have a choice this week, but it was nice to kind of see this talk pay off that we've heard about Eno Benjamin all summer about how good he's looked. And again, I've been... Just a fan of Eno, the person, since his college days. I mean, obviously that comes with proximity and covering him while he was at ASU. But he's proven that he's just one of those guys that's going to get in there and work. And it doesn't take a genius to notice Eno out on the field because he's just one of those guys that can break off a play. And another guy who could break off a play is obviously Kyler Murray. He spoke on Eno today. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's a, he's, he's one of those players. Uh, I mean, he, he, he got drafted late, but I mean, he's always been a great football player. I've been familiar with Eno since high school growing up in Texas. Um, he's, He's been a great football player ever since I can remember. Um, so I'm not I'm not surprised by anything that he's uh, accomplished or, or will accomplish uh, in the future. You know, he runs hard, always falls forward, can catch the rock. Uh, he's a good football player. He is a good football player. Like there's there's no doubt about that. I think he could be a great complimentary running back to to a standout number one. But in the situation the Cardinals are in right now, I, I, he's he in my opinion, if I need three yards on a third down. I'm giving the ball to Eno Benjamin. Ooh. That's, ah. Is that a hot take? I don't know. Short yard, I mean, short yardage, man. I think I'd still go James Conner. I get it. I'm not saying that James would be a bad option, but, like, if I've really got to put, like, my season, my drive on the line, I'm not confident in Conner breaking past, you know, the first point of contact right now. Yeah, I just don't see that burst out of him. And with Eno, I feel like he's got enough speed for me to give it to him on the outside, and he can maybe burn somebody, he can maybe get out there, or he can meet somebody and bowl through them, or he can just run it up the middle. And I think he's yep. more willing to put his body on the line, understandably so, than James Conner is right now. I, hey, maybe, maybe this is an overreaction. I, I'm not saying that I would, like, shove Connor into the corner and not play him again but you've got to be realistic and understand that they they overpaid him this summer and he was you got to play that and you got to ride the hot hand too I think I think we always hear that of like yeah yeah you know like last year I mean when Chase was hot they gave him the ball when when James was hot they gave him the ball and it's like that's got to be the same thing here yeah It, it has to be because 
why else would you keep so many running backs? Exactly. There's, if, if, you, if you feel like they can all contribute on an NFL level, then there's no reason to have them on your roster and not use them. And if there's anything that, that was proven today is that in multiple situations, any, any of them could be used. On offense, yep. not not just special teams. I mean, Ward is a special teams guy, but injured right now again. He's obviously the the bottom rung of this conversation. Nothing against him, but those those other guys, the other four, they've just solidified themselves as the ones who will take offensive snaps if they're available. Yep. 100%. I, I like what's going on there, but at the same time, I'm trying to figure out if I like what's going on there because they've been pretty eh when it comes to the run game this season and this was just a nice for the eyes or if they've actually got something brewing there. So with this game specifically, I'm not sure exactly if there's a lot more I would like to talk about before we maybe move into more big picture stuff, some more looking ahead at this break, looking ahead at the NFC West. Is there anything else from tonight, Tyler, from Thursday night football that is on your mind right now? Is something that you want people to kind of note going forward, something that might come into play later that you saw tonight? Just opening the floor to Tyler Drake, Arizona Sports Cardinals reporter. Yeah, you know, I think for me, I think one of the big things is uh, watching Antonio Hamilton moving forward. I think a lot of the talk this training camp was about him and about how he was a number two guy and he had that freak accident. Uh, really bad burns, you know, and, and it was great to actually talk to him. He came and talked to us for about 20 minutes and and really, you know, just laid it all out on the table, and, and you got to respect him for it. And, you know, he learned a lot from going through that, a lot from, uh, you know, just people around him, people he would have never met before if he wouldn't have gone through this. And, you know, he's, he's trying to give back as much as he can. He's doing things where he's, you know, he's he's documenting his journey. He's uh, He went to uh, Burn Center uh, about a week ago, I believe, and, and, you know, gave back to the community that way, talked to some, some kids who were going through some stuff. So that's something that I, you know, it's a great story, and, and I think he's really playing up to what I think everybody expected him to play on the team from training camp. So just his continued growth from being, you know, more of that special teams practice squad guy to now where he's at, that's, that's going to be big moving forward. And then I just think, uh, yeah, you know, I think just continually trying to figure out when this offense is like, we're, we still are, I don't think are, we're getting closer, but we're still not there. To baby see steps. Offense. Yeah. We need, we need to see a leap. We need the baby steps are, are great. There's no, there's no going backwards at least. But we need to see a leap if there's really going to be, you know, if if they want to win the West, which is wide open, it's wide oh. open. Eh. They've got it. They've they've got to have some. They've got a leap. They've I mean, leap. is it at this point? Because there was a pretty big move in the West that we'll that we'll, we'll get to. We'll get to. Uh, we we do need to end with that because yeah. that is some some future looking ahead. I've got two things actually now that have sparked in my mind since your answer because you are just so inspiring, Tyler Drake. Number one, I would really like to praise Cliff Kingsbury. And I, 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 look, I just call it how it is, man. I, I don't hate on the man. I don't overpraise the man. He, he's got some good play calls today. He had some bad play calls today. Like he had a way better performance, but he's still not up to the level that your offensive guru should be. But, guru. <laughs> but, Kudos 
to taking A.J. Green out of the game plan. And oh. kudos to including Greg Dortch. Because yes. that great, was great job. That was a blessing on these young eyes of mine that feel old watching this season because it's painfully obvious that A.J. Green no longer has a lot to contribute to a high-powered offense in the NFL. It just is, especially when you've got somebody like Dorch, who quite simply, Tyler, the guy can play football. He's like in the Eno of wide receivers almost. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, he is, man. And and, and that was the thing is he it, the, the first part of the season was not a fluke for this guy. He's just been waiting for his turn and he finally got it. Now, you know, Rondell Moore comes back and, and he loses that those spots and it, or the, the, the reps. I mean, he's been getting hardly any kind of snaps. And he really didn't get a ton tonight, too. Like, I guess a ton of touches. But, you know, he did the most with what he could do. And, and you know, he had the five-yard touchdown. I believe it was five yards. And and that's the type of stuff that you want to see. And it's it's great. He had the conversion, guy. too, didn't he? He had the two-point conversion? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I, it's 1248 at night, okay? I, yeah. I deserve to get to check the box score to make sure that somebody that I just said scored the extra point scored the extra point. Okay? Sue us, okay? 1248 yeah, a.m., and we're, we're I, talking uh, about uh, Greg Dortch. No, yeah, no disrespect I, I really to Greg. Think, no, no, not at all. And I think that it's, he deserves a lot of respect because him and, him and Hollywood Brown really kept the team afloat for the first couple of weeks. Like, that was... Those were the really the only options for this team. I, I mean, Ertz every now and then, but for the most part, it was those guys. So I really hope Dorch can figure out a way to get back into this offense. I think it's just going to be hard because if Robbie Anderson comes in and kind of takes over, he's a taller dude. He might be on the outside. Like I, it could be a it could be a thing where it's Hop, Rondell, Robbie. Yeah, and Greg's going to have to fill in. But I mean, at least it's a it's a good thing at least to where. I mean, they moved Rondell out quite a bit, so get Greg in the slot where he can really play and, and go from there. But, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how they move forward with this wide receivers room. But, yeah, Greg Dortch deserves more carries and – or more carries, more touches. And if he doesn't get him here, man – He'll get him somewhere I, else. I know, and I, and I think he'd be like – he almost – he reminds me of like a Jamison Crowder, you know? He's, He's going to get picked up by a contender if if if, if yeah. he has a – if he has a – I don't want to be here like we've seen kind of around the NFL with some guys who aren't getting the touches that they want. You know, he could be a very low-level, low-radar guy that big-time teams pick up on. I mean, yep. imagine a team like a Buffalo Bills, like oh, a Miami, God. like a Baltimore, because they seem to love taking former Cardinals. <laughs> Imagine one of them picking up Greg Dortch, who I have to apologize. For the first time ever, Tyler, we were wrong here on Cardinals Corner. Um, for the first time. And however, I have 20 something episodes in, <laughs> however many weeks of the season, you can mark it here. 12.51 a.m. on October 21st, 2022 was the first time we were wrong on Cardinals Corner, but we're correcting the ship. It was Zach Ertz on the two-point conversion. And then, of course, it was Eno Benjamin running on the two-point conversion. Greg Dortch, just that five-yard touchdown pass. But again, used more than he was before, which is what you can be thankful for. Another note, sh- quickly, shout-out to Rodrigo Blankenship hitting kicks. It should be this way that we don't talk about kicking until we get to this part of the episode, so thank you. He did miss an extra point. And, uh, I forgot about that. And finally, and finally, I'd like to talk about this defense. <laughs> Because I'm going to let that wash over me. 
I look at these guys who are making plays. Okay, Antonio Hamilton, obviously the burn situation. I've actually had an incident in my life where I've sustained some burns, not as serious as Antonio Hamilton, but some rather serious burns. And let me tell you, Tyler, it hurts a lot. And it is it is a slow recovery. And professional football is no easy feat. Shout out to him. You've got Marco Wilson, who in Antonio Hamilton's absence. You say no easy feat. Oh, I didn't even mean to do that on purpose. You could have just let that slide. You could have let it slide, Tyler. You could have let it slide. Anyway, Marco Wilson was called out by his head coach before the season started. This cornerback room was basically dogged on at every possible turn, and it was rightfully so. We had questions about J.J. Watt. We had questions about Zach Allen. We had questions about who's going to fill in for Chandler Jones. There's been absolutely nothing easy for this defense this year. And kudos to Vance Joseph, to Isaiah Simmons, to Zayvon Collins, to Marco Wilson, to Byron Murphy Jr., to Buda Baker, <laughs> to everybody. Antonio Hamilton, Dennis Gardeck. I mean, big time plays D-McKagey. from the defense. D. McCagey started, yeah. did he not? Yeah, and, he, and that's another guy that really stood out to me. I mean, he, he made sure a couple of those runs did not get big yardage. And the defense made sure that the offense wasn't playing from behind for the first time all season. And again, a game where they only won by one score, 42-34. You're listening to Cardinals Corner, an Arizona sports broadcast, broadcast, podcast, again, almost 1 a.m. Tyler Drake, Arizona sports Cardinals reporter. I'm Eric Ruby from 98.7 FM, Arizona sports app, all that fun stuff. Cardinals win 42-34. DeAndre Hopkins returns to the field, gets 100 yards on 10 catches. Uh, Kyler Murray, 200 yards, a touchdown in his return as well. But we do have to look ahead. 10 days until the next Cardinals game. There's going to be a little bit of a break. No Cardinals corner on Sunday, Tyler. I know you're crying. But there was a really (laughs) big move in the NFC West. Yeah, yeah. The The 49ers traded for Christian freaking McCaffrey. Like, so, now like, the, so now the Cardinals get to play him two more times. Right. Well, assuming he's healthy. But then also the, the first the first home win and in in basically a calendar year for the Cardinals is overshadowed by their NFC West rival trading for one of the most skilled position players available in the NFL right now in the past couple of years. I mean, for all of his injury concerns, he'll still give you a lot on a week-in, week-out basis. Oh, and guess what? You got Debo Samuel on that team, too. Tyler, these 49ers, this NFC West, what does the future look like? Oh, man. That's... I... I mean, the, the Niners, they pretty much just said they're going for it now. Like, you don't make that trade unless you really think you've got the team to do it. And the, I mean, let's let's be honest. Let's, if he's healthy, Shanahan's offense is that's scary, man. He's going to be scary in that offense. But yeah. the, that, I mean, that is the biggest if I could ever say because if I, I think if he can make it, what is it? They, they got ten games, nine games left. If he can make it six games. I think that's a win for them. No, it's a win if they make the playoffs and he plays in the playoffs. If he plays three yeah, games yeah. between now and the yep. end of the season and they get a wild card, but then you have Debo and Christian McCaffrey healthy for the playoffs, it doesn't matter what seed you are. It doesn't matter if you're playing home or away. If those guys are healthy and making plays, you've got a chance to win a football game 10 times out of 10. No questions asked. But it was a lot of draft compensation. I won't get into all of it, but it's a lot. Is it worth it, Tyler? 
long term, th- this is, again, a great player whose only problem has been availability. Granted, it's been a major problem. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is that he's not only that. I mean, they gave up, what, second, third, fourth, fifth. I mean, they gave up a lot of picks. On top of that, he's making a lot of money the next couple of years. The cap hit, I think, next year is like 19.5. After that, like 19.5. And then a year after that, like 15.5. There is... It's uh, they're they're taking they're taking a big risk, but I think that what I just said that that shows you right now that they're going to win the they're trying to go win the division. I mean, that's out of done. everybody there's, else there's there. No, yeah, I mean they, they're the they're the I think they're the team to be right now. I think the Rams are so so they, sketchy. They kind of suck. I think they kind of suck. I think I think Seattle could beat the. I think Seattle's a better team than the Rams. <laughs> which right makes now. which makes that embarrassing performance against the Rams at the beginning of the season even worse for the Cardinals. Um, but the 49ers, I mean, they're they're taking that Rams Super Bowl winning method where look, we're going to trade away the picks. We're going to get these players that are supposed to be winning now, high-talented offensive weapons that as long as you have a competent or above-average quarterback, which, of course, Matt Stafford could have been more than Jimmy Garoppolo this year. It's, who knows at this point. But still, you've got an above-average quarterback who's proven that you can go far in the playoffs. You surround him with some talent. Now you have a lot of it. Obviously, Seattle is playing better than everybody thought they were going to. Reality's going to set in for them. Yeah. Not that they're bad, but they're not like good, kind of in the same way of the Rams. At this point, you have to imagine the NFC West is between the 49ers and between the Cardinals. The Cardinals. Yeah. And look, the Cardinals made a move. They got Robbie Anderson. Is it a Christian McCaffrey move? Absolutely not. But... You know, they also had to happen. They had to do it. They did. And they're getting DeAndre Hopkins back and they don't have Hollywood Brown right now. And it looks like, again, giving credit to Cliff Kingsbury, Rondale Moore is being used down the field a little bit more. Now, should you throw high to him in the corner of the end zone when he's five, seven and you have DeAndre Hopkins? No, but you know what? Beggars can't be choosers, Tyler. At least it was beyond the line of scrimmage. So yeah, that's the big thing. That's again, the big thing. it's it's baby steps, and it's three and four, and there's a brighter outlook on the season. And I'm not trying to gloss over that at all. You just have to be realistic in how they won this game. But if this defense can be this defense for 17 weeks of an NFL season and this offense can slowly get better, eventually add Hollywood Brown and avoid sustaining any other major injuries. Look, there's real potential here that we've been talking about every single week. But let's not get it twisted. Potential doesn't mean wins. Potential doesn't mean success. Potential doesn't mean championships. Potential simply means that. Potential. And if you do not utilize that potential in the absolute best way possible in this league, there's no chance of you making a sustained run deep into the playoffs. And with the amount of playmakers and the people around you making these moves like the 49ers and like I would assume a lot of teams in the NFC are going to make because there's a glut, because there's not that clear cut, maybe besides the Eagles. You need to get it together and you need to utilize everything properly. I still don't want to hear that we're getting stuff together on offense. I don't. I get that it's the reality. I like that it's improving, but I don't like that it's happening. 
So, oh, you know what? And there's one more thing that I we got. I just want to touch on. Hit it. Moving forward, offensive line health. That's mm. that is, uh, Rodney Hudson. It's bad play right now. When he walked out, when he walked out on the field today, didn't play. When he walked out on the field, he had a limp, like noticeable limp. <sighs> no, so, they were not saving him for any game. No, Th- this no. The, he so, was out. So here's the thing. If they went two and if they were two and five and and they they were going down that trail, I would say they probably stand pat with how how things are going right now. Maybe sell some guys, but three and four and with the potential to really you know win the division still. There's a who knows maybe. Are there any centers on the market? I don't know, but maybe they go out and swing a deal for one because I don't know. I don't know if Ronnie Hudson's gonna how many more games he's playing this season. I, I I. just it that is just it just with how it's gone so far, I you cannot be confident in saying that he's going to play seven eight more games. Okay, over under four, four yeah, and a half, that, four and a half, I mean, over and under four and a half for the rest of the season. Played, and I mean, they played Billy Price today, and they didn't even play Sean Harlow. He was fine. He was fine. He, I mean, he had he had. I asked Cliff about it, and he said that he had one uh, one stat that you can't he cannot be doing. Yeah, so, Andy yeah. had the false start where he just lost his balance. That yeah, was tough. That. So and, but like you're right, you you can't look. You can have all the great offensive weapons in the world. You can have a great offensive mind. You can have a great quarterback. If your center is either inconsistent, injured all the time, or just simply not not there. Which Rodney Hudson, he's just not there. He's not practicing. He's not close to playing. He's not game time decisions. When you hear that a player is considering retirement, it kind of goes one of two ways. They either turn into Justin Pugh where you could tell he still got it in him. He still wants to fight. And unfortunately, that ended with an injury. Or it goes the the Rodney Hudson way where it's just not the same. And I don't blame him, and I'm not mad yeah. at him for it, because it's hard to walk away, but my guy, you should have walked away. And you should have told the team earlier, because this team, with a Rodney Hudson-like center from the last couple of years when he's healthy, is a lot better. A ton better. And if you can tell me that this team doesn't make any other moves for any other weapons... And they sell off a little bit of their excess glut, just a little bit of the fat around the edges, plus some draft picks, pull some some Steve Kai magic, to be quite frank, and get a solid center. I don't need all pro. I don't. Uh, I'll take a Pro Bowl, actually. I'll take a Pro Bowl center. But that's just because the Pro Bowl is easy to make nowadays. But just a good center, a center that you can rely on on practice day in, yeah. day out to to say, hey, Every Sunday, we expect to have this guy barring a major injury. None of these minor injuries or lingering injuries that are keeping out somebody that's had a great career, who knows more about football than I'll ever forget 20 times over in my entire life. But big dog, your body is screaming it at you. And and quite honestly, in my opinion, the play is screaming it as well. His heart's just not in it. And that's, I'm not going to get mad at him for that, man, because that's, that's just a human thing, man. I'm yep. sure he wants nothing more than to go out there and play championship-level football. He can't, and that's fine, but he can't. And this team cannot operate under the assumption that they can, especially with all the other injuries going on right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
All right. Is there anything else, Tyler, before we wrap it up? We've we've got a while before we hit the next game. Again, 10 days. Um, a lot can happen in that. Yeah, I would just say two injuries to look out for. Rashard Lawrence, uh, he got carted off the shoulder. True. Uh, did not look great. So that's tough for him. Tough, tough for him. He's He's been... I thought he took a step this year, so hopefully it's not long-term. Uh, and then you've got Max Garcia, who I believe was a shoulder too. So uh, two guys to watch for sure, uh, those moving forward. And, I mean, we might, probably we'll have an update from Cliff on uh, on Friday, but might probably be week-to-week, day-to-day. I mean, it's <laughs> unfortunately with this team, a lot of times it's game-time decisions. Um, and... We've got we got a long time. We've 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 got a long time until the next game time game time decision. Like you said, we might find out more. Obviously, if you want to find out more before the Cardinals eventually take on the Vikings on the thirtieth end of October, we're already getting to that time, Tyler. It's Arizona against the five and one Vikings to stay up to date. Until then, follow this man on Twitter. Again, I do not say it because. We are forced to do a podcast together, and we don't even like each other, and I've got a script in front of me that says you must compliment Tyler because it's in his contract. No, I say this because it's true. Follow him if you want any updates ever about the Arizona Cardinals, any stories about them, injury news, storylines, plays, funny memes, what's going on in practice, the latest sound bites. Follow him at TDrake for sports. Of course, go to ArizonaSports.com or the Arizona Sports app for all of his great work. You can hear me on the Arizona Sports app and on 98.7 FM Monday through Friday, 1230 to 530 every 30 minutes, bringing you the latest. Of course, you can follow the Cardinals Corner Twitter at AZ Cards Corner on, you guessed it, Twitter, where we're going to be posting all the podcasts. You get some of Tyler t- Tyler's tweets there. It's a fun time. And of course, Every single week, I say it, and I'm not going to ask Tyler to say it with me because he refused to last time, and it hurt my feelings, and I'm still salty. But until they play the Vikings and we talk to you guys then, please. Enjoy football. There it is. Come on. (laughs) Fire me up, baby. (laughs) All right. That's good. That's good.